A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Greetings, Grapple fans, and welcome to what is now episode 69 of the Pro Wrestling Index, right here on the right on the Anfield Index podcast channel. I am your host, Andy Wales, uh, joined once again by my on-air audio tag team partner, Mo Chatra, and Mo, um, a real mixed week for us, uh, us wrestling fans. Obviously, we've got uh, a big event to look forward to this weekend, No Mercy, which we're going to be breaking down. But um, some very, very sad news that broke uh, Sunday night, uh, the passing of the great Bobby the Brain Heenan. Absolutely. Um, you know, a very sad week for WWE fans and wrestling fans in general. Um, arguably the greatest manager in the history of pro wrestling um, passing away at the age of 73. Um, Heenan had um, suffered health problems. Going back some 15 years, um, and I think he was diagnosed with throat cancer um, back in 2002 and um, had overcome that, um, but um, still had um, ongoing health issues stemming from that original bout of cancer, um, which resulted in, um, for example, um, him effectively losing his jaw and having um, surgery to reconstruct his jaw. Um, so his appearance in more recent years um, was, was quite a sad sight, really. Um, he could barely speak, um, and you know, when he did speak, it sounded more like a mumble. Um, but despite that, I mean, he wasn't somebody who hid away because of his appearance. Um, he was still making appearances at um, meet and greet type events, um, and uh, that was because he, he loved the business. You know, he. Um, was a part of the business going back to the 1960s um, when he was a young guy breaking in um, and uh, worked in a variety of different um, roles within the business. Um, but most notably, it was as a manager and um, it was as a manager that he um, was just, you know, the, the best that there ever has been in the, in the wrestling industry, uh, managed some of the top names as well um, over the years in, um, promotions like the AWA and also the WWF. Um, but it was his, um, wit and his, um, you know, incredible sense of humor that, um, really made him such a memorable character. Um, when he then transitioned from management into 
um, full-time commentary and, um, you know, um, was, was so entertaining as a commentator as well. Um, just as um, impressive on commentary as he was um, at ringside um, when he was managing wrestlers. Um, but yeah, he, he was just um, one of a kind. Um, I, I think it's almost safe to say that we will never see somebody of his quality ever again. Um, and um, he'll be sadly missed. Yeah, I've got the same part. I don't think you say arguably the, the best. I don't think there's an argument in it, in all honesty, uh, for for how fantastic um, Paul Heyman is with the microphone and you know selling tickets and promoting. He he himself will say, you know, there's nobody quite like Bobby Heenan. He had everything, the presence, the attention. He knew how to sort of really make something mean something. And right the way from his early days all the way to the end uh, you know such a fabulous speaker and, and they said you know that this wasn't this wasn't a guy who delivered scripts you know this was ad-libbed he knew what to he just knew what the business was about and he knew what to say uh, the right thing to say at the right time and let you say yeah he was funny he was just so so funny fabulously sharp wit really sharp mind um <laughs> It's it's like a who's who the guys he's he's um, managed over the years. You go back to that tag team, what's it, Ray Stevens and Nick Bockwinkel back in the AWA, um, still rated by some people as the greatest ever tag team they've ever seen. Uh, and you know these were two guys who were well well renowned, great pedigrees, great talkers as well. Yet they had him and he made them better. So you know you could get someone who was great and he just made them better. You know we're oh. fans of the WWE. UF in the 80s and to the early 90s like ourselves familiar with him with obviously linked to uh, Mr. Perfect and to Ravishing Rick Rude and to Andre the Giant and to Haku and the Barbarian and of course he was there with uh, with Ric Flair when he first came over to the WWF in that 1991-92 run that he had and the Ric Flair argue, again arguably the greatest talker as a professional wrestler yet he still had the manager by his side and Bobby the Brain Heenan added something to Ric Flair. And one of the things that sticks out for me is that the Royal Rumble where Ric Flair started and won it, Bobby the Brain Heenan was on commentary and it is the, the, the way he puts him over throughout that Rumble. It is just ugh, textbook stuff is absolutely fabulous uh, just classic Heenan. He was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. And you said, you know, yeah, he loved the business. And, and I've got to say, I think the business and all fans of wrestling absolutely loved him too. Uh, his partnership with with Gorilla Monsoon really stood out. You know, they, they were just great. Whether it was commentating or they were doing their, their show together in the studio, they, them two just had a unique chemistry and uh, really a, a character... Really, really sorely missed, and yeah, if if you haven't seen that much of Bobby Heenan and you don't know too much about it, what I can say is go on the WWE Network and have a search. There is a, a, a special that they did on him back, I believe it's in 2010. That's a really good watch. It's quite an insight. Loads of great clips in there, and it just gives you a flavour of uh, of just what Bobby Heenan was all about. He really was brilliant, wasn't he? Oh, he was. He was um, a unique one-off character. Um, 
you know, you can just go and watch for those younger fans who maybe are not familiar with Heenan's work. Um, the main event of Royal Rumble 1992, uh, which on commentary was arguably uh, Heenan's greatest hour. Um, his performance um, on commentary uh, made a exceptional match, a classic match. Um, and, um, you know, if you want to hear a, um, how a commentator puts over a match and puts over characters, individuals within the match, listen to uh, Heenan's work in putting over Flair and um, his desperation to see Flair win. Um, it was um, it was quite something that for those that watched it live or around that time, um, you know, they still remember it to this day, 25 plus years on. Um, and, uh, you know, that was just uh, one of many, many examples of uh, Heenan's genius. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Bobby the Brain Heenan will be sorely missed. So very, very sad uh to hear of his passing this past week. Um, a slightly, a slightly brighter note. I mean, last week we did briefly talk about the Bay Young Classic more, but I know you were a bit more informed and you were a bit more aware of so, some of the performers involved in it. So I was keen to get your thoughts uh, on how the whole tournament went and, and you know, the, how it ended up, you know, with uh, Kyrie Sane beating Shayna Baszler. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean... It's natural to compare this tournament to uh, the 2016 tournament, which was the Cruiserweight Classic. And my view is that in comparison, it wasn't as good a tournament as the one we were treated to last year, which did feature um, a number of exceptional matches. It really did. And um, it was going to always be difficult for the May Young Classic to live up to some of the lofty standards set by that tournament in 2016 but nonetheless uh, this tournament did still have its moments and uh, it was reasonably successful in putting over um, some of the uh, talent that are either already contracted to the WWE or who are on the verge of being signed by the WWE and so I'll just quickly note some of the people that stood out for me um, Jazzy Gaber, um who also goes by the name of Alpha Female um, from Germany. Um, even though she lost in her opening contest, she was certainly the most over of all of the um, female talents in the um, opening round. Um, so all of those matches um, were, um, I think, uploaded onto the WWE Network around the 28th of August. So that was four shows featuring the 16 matches from the opening round. Um, and uh, she's got very unique look uh, i've seen it up in person um i was at a tna show um a few years ago and i was sat a couple of rows behind her and uh she's she's really got some presence uh to uh um really um she felt like something. a superstar didn't she that was the thing when they did yeah. that the raw to the finals they did that um six woman tag mm. and the crowd were hugely into her she she just felt like a star didn't she she carries herself like a star uh, I mean, even when I was at a show, as I say, um, when she was not even part of a show, um, she she had this air and aura about her that um, suggested, look, I'm a big deal, I'm a superstar. Um, so I think just for those reasons alone, and the fact that she's pretty good in the ring, um, she's almost certain to be signed up. Um, but yeah, I mean, she, she's somebody who's got something very unique about her and that stands her out from the rest of the crowd. And I think that 
as and when she debuts um, on NXT and then on the main roster, um, she could end up becoming the most over female talent in the company. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, in terms of others that um, stood out for me as well, um, we had Candice LeRae. So she's the uh, partner of um, Johnny. Um, oh, what's his name now? From NXT. Um, Champers Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano. How could I forget? Um, and I thought she looked um, pretty decent. I mean, she got through to uh, the quarterfinals when she went out to Shayna Baszler, who, as we know, got through to the final. But um, she's one of the more accomplished um, talents on the um, independent scene. And, um, you know, she's another one I think is likely to be signed up. Um, I was also really uh, quite pleased to see the performances of um, Piper Niven. And um, she's a wrestler that's... Um, competed in the UK for a number of years, including for um, the cult favourite promotion in Scotland called ICW um, as uh, Vixen. And uh, she also appeared on um, the ITV World of Sport reprisal from New Year's Eve um, at the turn of the year. And um, I thought she was possibly the most consistent performer um, of the tournament. I thought her opening round match against... uh, Santana, Santana um, Garrett, I think the name was, um, was pretty good. Um, she had an even better match, I thought, against Serena Deeb, who was um, a former associate of CM Punk from years ago, and um, also had a, a, a very impressive match against Tony Storm um, in a match that she eventually lost in, in the quarterfinals. Um, and she's another one that I think the WWE is almost certain to snap up. Um, and then the last person I just want to mention is um, Tony Storm herself. Um, sorry, last of the people that didn't get through to the final. Tony Storm, um, you know, young talent. She's the partner of uh, the girlfriend of um, the former WWE UK champion, whose name again I forget. Tyler Bate. Um, Tyler Bate. There we go. I'm not having a good day with names, am I? Um, <laughs> good job, Tyler. Absolutely. Thank God. Um, so. Tony Storm is um, an Aussie, but she's been over here in the UK for about two or three years now um, and um, based in, in the West Midlands and, as I say, the partner of Tyler Bate and uh, really, really good um, talent. Very, very promising for her age. And, um, you know, she's got a good look to her as well. And um, it's no no doubt that she's also been brought in as well. Um, and then in terms of those two individuals that did get through to the finals, so, as I predicted some weeks ago, um, Kairi Sane did get through to the final and um, her opponent uh, was one Shayna Baszler, who is um, part of the MMA for horsewomen um, alongside um, Ronda Rousey, amongst others. And, um, you know, I thought Shayna uh, looked pretty solid, actually, in the tournament. Um, she's not the level of worker of some of the people that I've just named um, but I've seen some of her work on the independent scene in the US and um, uh, for promotions like AIW. And um, she's um, she's she's a pretty solid talent. She works the kind of MMA type of style um, with the jiu-jitsu pretty well. Um, but Sane, as I've talked about before, is one of the elite female wrestlers in the on the planet. And um, you know, she's you know, been brought in and signed up by the WWE um, a few months ago and uh Put over strong in this match. I mean, despite giving up a significant size difference um, to Basler, 
Um, you know, she was really put over strong. And her, her finishing move, um, that elbow drop is possibly the best I've seen since um, you know, prime Randy Savage. It, it really is a fantastic um, execution of that move. Um, so that's great for her. She wins the inaugural May Young Classic. And the tournament overall, I thought, was a, a pretty good success, but not an overwhelming one in the way that I thought the Cruiserweight Classic was. Um, and, yeah, there, there's certainly a good half a dozen um, talents from this, at the least, that are good enough to um, step up into NXT at least and um, certainly uh, help to um, revive that division. So uh, all things considered, um, you know, thumbs up for this. Yeah, I, I say, I mean, I, I was impressed by Piper Niven, Niven as well. Again, unique, something different. And Tony Storm, yeah, she stood out. Uh, Shayna Baszler, I, I could see going straight to the, the main roster just because of the upside to, to a name value and, and obviously who her friends are and associates are. Mm. But yeah, th- there's so many others through that. I mean, Lacey Evans, I like the look of her. Mercedes Martinez, obviously quite uh, quite experienced. There was, I think the good thing from that tournament was you look through that tournament and and there's at least half a dozen names, at least, you know, six to eight names who you like you say, yeah, comfortably can go into NXT, bulk up that women's division there and really add something to it. And, and it's a tournament that doesn't have that, you know, that, that, that weight class restriction to it. So it's not like they're having to go into their own weight class. It's straight into a division and, I, I think I think that's for me is the real positive from it is, you know, people have been introduced to these people. They've been introduced to the names and what they're about, seeing a bit of them, look forward to seeing some more of them. And and again, it's that whole thing with NXT where you see people, but you don't get overexposed to them. So I think that will help build them before we start seeing them, you know, in, in time to come on the actual main roster where people then might well get overexposed but at least they get to get a chance to to really get a feel for it. People get to know them more uh, and really build them up. Oh yeah, totally. And um, you know, we've seen that with a number of individuals already, um, both male and female, who've um, you know really uh, built up ahead of steam in NXT. Um, we have seen those that did achieve that in NXT. They've stepped up to the main roster and. Um, their run on the main roster has fallen really flat. Um, but there have also been those few that um, have stepped up and continue that momentum, if not built on it, um, when they've made that move from uh, developmental up to the um, main main brands of Raw and SmackDown. Um, but no, it's certainly encouraging to see um, you know, all these uh, new, fresh talents uh, get given a chance through uh, this forum and... Um, you know, I really hope that NXT, at least in the short term, is the um, first beneficiary of, of, of that. So uh, exciting times ahead for the female division um, for NXT at the very least. Yeah, uh, and hopefully even though the, the Cruiserweight Classic was the better of the two tournaments, perhaps you know the, the NXT provides a platform for the, the women's division to at least the follow on from the tournament is better than, than what the, the, the cruiserweights got. So uh, hopefully yeah. there's positive from that too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's, let's move things along to no mercy. Cause that's coming up this Sunday. Um, and not, I, I've got to be honest, Mon, not exactly a stacked card, but 
when I when I look at it, there's three matches on there that I am really looking forward to. Um, but we'll start. We'll get some of the other stuff out of the way first. I won't say get to the crap out of the way, but I, <laughs> I guess uh, get some of the matches out of the way that I, I'm not necessarily look, particularly looking forward to or don't hold much uh, hope for, shall we say. Um, first one, Intercontinental title, The Miz defending against Jason Jordan. Um, I've not pe- been particularly impressed with the build towards this. Um, I, I don't think it's really done an awful lot for either guy. Um, I, I don't know about yourself, and, and how do you see this one going? Yeah, I think this will um, be quite a flat match. Um, with only a week's build um, on the very last Raw um, prior to the show, it's not it's not really had any chance to um, build up any sort of momentum behind the match. Um, so the match is relatively cold, therefore. Um, Jordan, since um, this whole angle started about um, Kurt Angle's dad and as a single star, he's really doing nothing for me at the moment. Um, you know, he's lost a couple of matches as well as part of another um, program with uh, Cena and Reigns. Uh, which didn't really do him any favours and almost made him look like a, a glorified jobber to an extent. Um, and then Miz pointing out that, look, you know, we're a week away from uh, no mercy and there's still no Intercontinental Championship match for the show. Um, you know, again, made it feel like it's a title with um, little in the way of credibility at this time. Um, so, I mean, whilst the Miz is clearly a very entertaining character, um, you know, he's competing against some of you. Um, he's struggling in my view. And uh, whilst they might be able to assemble a decent match, um, I think it won't really do anything for either one. Um, you know, the Miz needs to really be um, feuding with bigger, more high profile names than Jason Jordan at this time. And, um, you know, this is almost like a, a filler match because they didn't really know what to do with the Miz. And, because they felt they needed to do something with Jason Jordan after the big storyline reveal about um, he and Kurt Angle. Um, he's ended up in this match, but uh, it's not something that fills me with much excitement. And I dare say that nearly every fan feels the same. Yeah, I, I can't see the, t- the title changing hands either, can you? Uh, no, no, absolutely not. Um, yeah, so I mean, in, in terms of predictions, uh, I, I would have to go with the Miz to retain. I can't see any other outcome than that. Mm-hmm. Um, women's Championship. Uh, once again, uh, I was, I've got to say, we, we mentioned it briefly last week. You know, this whole thing with the title flip-flopping around, you know, Sasha Banks wins it off Alexa Bliss and then loses it straight back. I mean, it, for me, it, it just, you know, you, talk, you could end up talking about Sasha being a 10-time champion, but she keeps losing it. She, she just comes across more as being a 10-time loser than a 10-time champion. I don't like the way that they've kept moving the title around like that. And, and this kind of, this five-way between Bliss, Banks, Bailey, Nia Jax and Emma, again, it's it just feels, you know, that Emma and Bailey are just kind of being thrown into it. It's... It, the, the storyline for me has, has done nothing for anybody involved in it, and and I I don't really hold too much hope for the match. It's it's just another one kind of thrown together. It feels like. 
I mean, yeah, absolutely it does. Um, again, the booking has been completely um, devoid of imagination and creativity, and um, they've just added nothing to this storyline to create any sort of interest other than um, the return of Emma um, on Raw this past week. Um, and obviously she was added to the match, which was pre- previously a, a four-way. Um and even with that, I, I would have been inclined to just save Emma for uh, next week's draw um, and perhaps line her up as um, Alexa's next opponent uh, rather than to um, shoehorn uh, into this match. Um, the um, expectation for me would be that um, Emma has to have been brought into the match for some reason. So I actually think that they are, sorry, not Emma, uh, Bailey even. I should say. Uh, Bailey is obviously the one that returned uh, this past week. And I think it's Bailey who's returned for a reason. And that reason is that they want to put the title belt on her again. Um, so, yeah, another title change. Um, but because they've had so many this uh, calendar year, um, I don't see what they will see in the harm of having yet another title switch. For a title belt, that let's face it, is, um, again, another that's lacking in... Um, credibility and prestige at this time yeah unfortunately it's just become a bit of a prop it's um it's a real shame because i think they could have just left it on alexa bliss for a period or just leave it on someone um i mean alexa has done well as champion but that you know the, the moving it back and forth back and forth really doesn't help anyone and it's particularly not helped sasha banks i don't think um yeah i think it's interesting what you've said there about bailey that is that potentially certainly could could happen but equally i could just see alexa bliss somehow you know squeezing out of this with a win be yeah in a match that i'm particularly bothered about uh i'm sad to say but uh, yeah that that, again that's that's the way that it's been built up in the storyline like you say that has lacked any kind of imagination um cruiserweight championship neville defending against enzo more I I don't have high expectations for this match simply because I know Enzo Amore is very limited in the ring. Uh, as great as Neville is, I think he'll struggle to get too much out of Enzo. And I, I would be astonished more if we see a title change here. Yeah, I, I think um, it would be quite a surprise. Um, but this is the type of match where um, you'd expect only one outcome yet. They'll throw in a swerve ball and um, go in completely the opposite direction to what you'd expect. So I actually think there is that possibility that Enzo um, does win the title. Now, my reasoning behind that is that the cruiserweight division is clearly struggling. Um, it's struggling to get the attention of the more casual mainstream WWE fan base. Um, that um, on the whole um, cares less for the smaller guys than perhaps the more hardcore fans amongst the WWE fan base. And I think that's why they brought Enzo Amore into the division um, because they feel that the division is, is devoid of, you know, really big personalities. Um, you know, they've got personalities in Neville and um, um, Jack Gallagher, for example, but, um, Nobody that's really coming across as a, a superstar. Uh, whereas Enzo certainly 
when it comes to performing on the mic, um, comes across like a, a big time player. Obviously, um, once the bell sounds and he has to actually have a match, um, he comes across like anything but. But certainly on the mic, um, he oozes charisma and he's got a lot of personality. And so it wouldn't surprise me if um, they actually decide to shift the belt onto Amore. Um, but it would feel a bit too soon, given he's only just moved into the division. Um, so I agree with you. I think Neville will win. But it's not necessarily a complete foregone conclusion that he does retain. Yeah, I, I sincerely hope uh, Enzo doesn't win that title, pal. Uh, just my personal preference. Anyway, okay. um, Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, um, I'll be honest, more. I've no idea why this is still going on. It certainly isn't helping Finn Balor. No, it's not. I mean, after... Um, SummerSlam, when we did our review pod for that show, um, I think we both agree that um, we <laughs> that hope that feud will finish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> moving to a different direction the next night on Raw, please, Finn. Um, and yet that hasn't happened, and um, these two are stuck with each other. Um, and that's mostly unfortunate for Balor. Um, I've made my, clear, my views on Wyatt very clear. Um, in the last several months, got no time for him. Um, really not interested in him whatsoever. Um, with Balor, there's a lot more to him. Um, he's got tremendous upside, an exceptional performer. Um, but, you know, one of the things that we've talked about is, um, you know, he might be one of these unfortunate victims of um, the uh, super heavyweights dominating at the moment. And um, because of that, um, they really do struggle to uh you know move him into that kind of title picture which um whilst that belt is around the waist of Brock Lesnar because uh you know, Brock is certainly the type of person that won't um even have a match with certain types of individuals who look a certain type of way and um you know he likes opponents um of a certain size um in order to work against them and um you know, even then, he won't necessarily give them much, even if um, they meet those kind of size requirements. Um, but I hope that this is absolutely it now. Um, if this feud continues beyond No Mercy, then that really is a bad sign for Finn Balor because, uh, you know, he needs to move on from this feud very quickly. And whilst he might not move straight into the uh, Universal Championship um, picture just yet, um, uh, an obvious kind of next step for him, in my view, would be um, the Intercontinental Championship. And I'd like to see um, him feud with Miz next. And I think that could actually be quite good for both of them. Yeah, I've got a funny feeling that the WWE will have no mercy for any of us and will uh. have Bray Wyatt. Oh, I did like that one. And <laughs> and they will have Bray Wyatt go over Finn Balor and they will continue us on for yet another month. And in the right. meantime... Finn is just losing some of that star power. is just eroding away from a guy who should be a megastar. Oh, dear God. <laughs> anyway, let's, that, that's all that out of the way. Let's get into the really good stuff, the ones that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, tag team titles. Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins defending against The Bar, Cesaro and Sheamus. I am loving 
Cesaro and Sheamus as a tag team. Uh, more and more and more each week, I, I enjoy them. And I've got to say that the tag team division, uh, although God knows what the hell they're doing with um, Gallows and Anderson, because I, I don't recall them ever being a, a, a comedy team, but there you go. These these two teams are having some good matches, and I'm just really enjoying it more. And it's and it's refreshing to have tag team wrestling quite prominent on the show, and, and something that I'm really really looking forward to. Mm. Oh yeah, I mean the uh, tag team championship picture um, the last several months on Raw has been um, um, a pleasant surprise. Actually, um, we've seen. Some good stuff, some good matches, good promos back and forth, um, some decent storytelling, even without any compelling storylines. Um, so that's credit to the individuals involved. Um, Cesaro and Sheamus, um, Cesaro especially, uh, very, very solid, um, experienced and, um, you know, very, very good at working a good match. Um, Ambrose and Rollins, you know, well, we all know about. Um, their pedigree and uh, you know when they're on it then um, you know they can be very very good indeed and um, you know certainly since they um, joined together prior to SummerSlam um, you know they've um, really been able to um, recapture some of that magic that um, you know, made them such a great pair as part of a triumvirate with uh, Roman Reigns um, and you know Cesaro and Sheamus are not only I'm entertained for what they do in the ring, but also, as you say, for outside of it as well. Um, so, yeah, this is certainly, um, you know, interesting and intriguing and exciting um, for those reasons. And also for the fact that um, it's likely to be a very good, if not a great match. And, uh, you know, I think that um, the champions will retain the titles um, because my view is that um, I think they'll look to hold this out in terms of um, the team splitting up or the cracks appearing at least until around Survivor Series. So I think we'll still have to wait a couple of months for that. Um, but there's certainly still some mileage in Ambrose and Rollins as a team before their eventual split. So uh, I think they'll stick together and um, I think they'll win over Cesaro and Sheamus. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. And I think if you're going to do that split, it makes more sense, you know, for it to be more meaningful and to be really something. If everybody kind of has almost forgotten that they were at odds at one point, you know, and you used, you just sense them as being back together. You know, you only think of them as being on the same page. So yeah, if we, if it does eventually lead to uh, Dean Ambrose turn, say it will just be the more in shock and the more enthralling, the more entertaining. So yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with, with you more i think they will retain uh, but i'm looking forward to it because i do think it will be a good match and and i've got to say that I'm, i feel the same for for john cena and roman reigns i do think this will be a good solid match perhaps not quite a classic because um i think both have been have had some great matches in the past few years tend to be you know with certain types of guys that they, you know, are kind of getting the best out of them. But these two in themselves have really moved it up a notch over the last two or three years, and and I am looking forward to this. And I mean, the stuff that they're doing on the mic, yes, we look, it is scripted, um, <laughs> as as real as it may seem. And you know, we we spoke we spoke about this again on on last week's show more. 
about you know this shoot style of of uh, promos re- in recent weeks and uh, with these two in particular i mean what about your feelings on that then do, do you f- have you become more invested in the match because of this kind of shoot style promo that they've been using oh totally yeah yeah um and a large um reason for that is that promos come across significantly more authentic and um like they actually mean what they're saying compared to your generic promos where um you know, the, the words that come out of their mouth really don't seem to correlate with the characters or the individuals. Um, you know, the stuff that Roman Reigns comes out with, you know, if, if he was a guy just walking down the street and you just stopped and had a conversation with him, do you think that the stuff that comes out from his mouth on these promos would be like the stuff that, you know, you'd be able to hear from him, you know, in, in person? Um, Suffering no. succotash. <laughs> yeah. um, Remember that you know, classic? Oh God, yeah, absolutely. That was um, one of the career lowlights for Roman. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's just really, really frustrating to see somebody who um, is really struggling and continue to, um, and by struggling, it, it's getting the desired fan reactions um, suffer even further by the fact that the promos um, that he has to deliver are just so piss poor. And um, I think sometimes, um, you know, characters have to try and take control of um, things like this. And we've seen it in the past with the likes of Chris Jericho and CM Punk, who um, have really made a big fuss about um, wanting control over promos. And uh, as a result of that, um, the work that they do on the mic, um, just comes across in a more um, effective way because it comes across as more real and uh, more attuned to the character. And, uh, you know, when CM Punk spoke and cut his famous uh, pipe bomb all those years ago, um, you know, it felt real because perhaps to an extent some of it was real. And that's part of the attraction of, um, you know, some of the promos back and forth between Cena and Reigns. Um, You know, it was interesting that this past week on Raw, Range um, was um, basically accusing Cena of almost being like the new Rock, um, i.e. a part-timer, uh, which, which is ironic given that the Rock happens to be Roman Reigns' cousin. Um, but no, it, it's been different and uh, it's been refreshing. And, um, you know, the fans these days, you've got to remember, are uh, a lot more smarter to um, things behind the scenes than they perhaps were. 15, 20, 25 and more years ago. Um, so, you know, some of the kind of insider references and things like that that have snuck into these promos um, don't go over the heads of fans um, now that in the way they may have maybe, um, you know, as I say, 15, 20 years ago. So I think the promos have been um, instrumental in making this match even more interesting and intriguing than it would have been and it would have been very intriguing and interesting even without these promos. So this is what I'm really looking forward to. And um, I actually think that uh, Reigns has to win this because, you know, Cena's um, full-time career is really kind of coming to an end now. Um, he is, you know, for all intents and purposes, becoming a part-timer. And it's about time that the full-timers get put over the part-timers. And so for that reason, Reigns, for me, has to win.
Interesting you say that. Do you think, I mean, you say Roman Reigns has to win for that, but do you think he will? Well, that's the thing, you see. Um, they might decide to try and surprise fans and uh, put Cena over. I mean, if you think back to, um, was it Great Balls of Fire when uh, Cena fought against, um, it was, uh, let's see, Rusev. And I strongly tipped Rusev to win. Um, or uh, Well, more, more accurately, I said that he has to win um, because... He was the guy that's going to stick around and he's the one that needed the win more than Cena. And yet it was Cena that got the win. Um, so that's why I think that there is, at the back of my mind, a, a worry almost that Cena will win. And not that it's a major problem if Cena does win, because if it leads to perhaps a bigger match, at, say, a Survivor Series, which results in Reigns getting a, a very monumental win on one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year, um, then it's for the greater good and I'd be fine with Cena um, getting the win um, this weekend. But um, if that's not the case and if he disappears for two or three months uh, to film another movie or some other TV project, then you really have to question the sanity of those in charge because um, it, again, makes a full-timer look like um, somebody who's inferior to one of the many part-timers that the WWE has. Yeah, I think that's a very, very fair point. Um, I've, I've got a funny feeling that uh, something that you mentioned as possibility there that Cena does go over here, uh, and it leads to another match, and you know something feeling almost bigger than that. I've got a funny feeling that's what we'll see, and I also get the feeling that um, that there's there's stronger and stronger hints here that that Reigns is talking more like a heel talks. And just the the way he's talking to the crowd, the way he's addressing them, the way he's yeah. carrying himself, uh, and I just wonder if we we really are in the process of a very subtle heel change here. Well, I'd like to think so, um, but I, I, I fear that uh, Vince is scared to pull the trigger and go full heel with Reigns. I think that he wants him to continue playing this tweener role, whereby. He teases those sections of the audience that hate him um, and uh, still doesn't go full-fledged heel um, so he could still uh, be this hero to the eight-year-olds. And, uh, <laughs> and obviously the female uh, audience, who a lot of whom are in two ranges these days. So, um, yeah, I, I just think WWE and Vince in particular haven't got the balls to make that move, even though it, for, for me it would make perfect sense to turn him heel now Make him an even bigger star, and then returning back to the to the good side, um, maybe in a year or so's time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, talking of people that the crowd, someone that the crowd gets behind, that takes us to our final match, uh, top of the card. You, uh, the uh, European. <laughs> where where is I going with that one? Uh, Universal Championship. Uh, Braun Strowman challenging Brock Lesnar. Um, I, I still get the feeling that that Vince isn't bought on, on uh, Strowman being a babyface either, still trying to put him over as a heel at times, which is slightly odd, because this guy is hugely over with the crowd. They they love him, and although I don't think this is going to be a wrestling classic more, I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be a spectacle. Oh, 100% spot on, absolutely. Um, 
you know, it's um, a mega match to really genuine larger than life characters going at it. And um, I actually think it will turn out to be a, a really good match because, um, you know, we saw these two guys at it, um, you know, at um, SummerSlam and uh, their exchanges in that um, certainly had the fans super hyped and super pumped. And um, I think that the uh, there are people at the WWE like Pat Patterson who can um, certainly um, you know make the best of you know Lesnar and Strowman and what they can do in the ring and turn all of that with a few bells and whistles into um, and smokes and mirrors <laughs> um, into a, a really really um, memorable match. And so I think it, it will be um, a very fitting main event. And I actually think that Strowman's going to win. Um, you know, I speculated that the SummerSlam preview that, um, you know, a lot of talk was that Lesnar would lose the title then. And I speculated, I think he retained then to lose it later. And I think that later is now. And I think that Braun Strowman is primed and ready to become the new universal champion. And, um, you know, Lesnar can then, um, look at possibly taking a, a break for a while or, he might, he might look to um, just resurrect um, another run in UFC, as we talked about some two or three months ago. Um, but I think Strowman's really getting white hot now, and uh, it's time to capitalise. And uh, if he becomes a new champion, then uh, fun times lay ahead for everyone. So uh, I, I think Strowman has to win. Wow. There you go, folks. What a prediction from Mochata. Braun Strowman is doing it. He's going over uh, Brock Lesnar for the U- uh, Universal Championship. I- I've got to say more. I I, I can't see that. I-, I see it the other way. But I hope you're right because oh, that would be great. What that that would be a, a great way to win the show. And 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 I tell you what, with a prediction like that, what a way to win this show, Mo. Um, look at are you. Just as we as we head off, are you looking forward to uh, no mercy, no mercy, I should say, on the whole then? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, certainly the top two or three matches are, um, you know, WrestleMania caliber, as they keep reminding us on TV every week. Um, you know, they're really, really exciting, intriguing matches, lots of possibilities, and um, you know, there'll be spectacles, and I think there'll be great matches on on top of that. So. Uh, Really looking forward to it. One of the most eagerly anticipated WWE pay-per-views of 2017. So even if you're one of those fans that don't generally watch every pay-per-view religiously month on month, um, this is certainly one to uh, make the effort to see. Well, there you go, folks. Who can argue with that? Uh, and that wraps up this uh, this edition of the Pro Wrestling Index right here on the AI Podcast channel. Uh, don't forget, you can keep in touch with us uh, on Twitter at PW underscore index is our handle on Twitter. Do keep in touch with us with uh, your thoughts, your predictions, even for No Mercy or your reactions, because we will be back next week. Uh, myself and more will be here to run down the card and see what's happened and just find out whether or not Moore's predictions have come true. But until then, uh, it's my thanks to Moore Chatter for joining me. It's our thanks to all of you for listening, and of course, hitting that download button, as always. But until next week, from me, Andy Wales, it's bye-bye now.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.